Intros and hellos. That's what I always have at the top of my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, welcome listeners to the Two Carrots podcast. I'm KDB, joined as always by my co-host and currently the second best Resident Evil 2 speedrunner that I know personally. It's of course Lewis, aka Luigi. How's it going, mate? Uh, oh, really? <laughs> really? Just, I'm stumped by that because... You did it like yesterday. So, yeah. You did it yesterday. So clearly that script was massively different. <laughs> so now you've you've you changed it. Yeah, I thought it just had to be said. Really, um, you know. And but who knows? Next episode we may be introducing ourselves the other way round. We're going to get into Resident Evil Two because I think there's a lot to talk about about that today. But here we are. We're back for episode three, the third episode. It's officially a hat trick. Well, they do say that in a trilogy, the third film is the worst. So, fingers crossed, we can go against that. Uh, you know, are we going to be, are we going to be T three? Are we going to be Godfather Part three? Oh my god! I thinking about it now. Think of a trilogy film that's actually very, very good. Now, that's a it's a very good question, a very good point. Uh, there are some, but they are like weird exceptions to the rule. Like yeah. Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. The third, what that third film is incredible, but it's it's all it was all made at the same time. So, you know, it's third films will often be made years later. Everybody's lost yeah, sight of what it is. Those films were made at the same time. Um, other third films that were really, really, I mean, definitely, I, I don't mind Terminator Three. You mentioned that it's obviously not incredible. A lot of people hate on it. It's kind of fine. Like I hate how they killed off Sarah Connor off screen. Spoiler alert. But like there is a lot in there to love, and the ending is, I think, generally agreed upon as some is really, really good. Like it's really dark the ending to that film. So I like that. But off the top of my head, I can't. I really cannot think of the third films. Third films, like say Godfather Part Three is just is not really. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Godfather fan, and yeah. that movie is one movie that I don't think I've ever watched again because I couldn't believe how bad it was. Yeah. Um, Sophia Coppola, great director, mm. terrible actress. <laughs> yeah. I think I've only seen it once, actually, to be honest. I, I may have seen it twice. I think we actually watched it in film studies, or not as part of the course, just like... As a group of us, we just watched it together one time. That might have been the second time I'd seen it. I've yeah. definitely not seen it since. Um, but yeah, I'd have to. T- I'd have to have a look at that. Maybe that's a topic we can go through trilogy films at some point because it is an interesting thought. Um, but yes, this is our. Tr- tr- well, I mean, we're not just going to do a trilogy. We're planning to carry on. We're going to be like the Nightmare on Elm Street films. We're going to be number twenty-three and still going. So I'm glad you said Nightmare on Elm Street because do you ever remember the Nightmare on Elm Street movie where? Mm. It's like breaking the fourth wall, where Freddy Krueger hunts down the people who created the Freddy Krueger movies. Yeah, I the do. Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Sorry, I do. And I, again, I think that's another one I've only seen once. But because those movies just blur into, like, they all blur together as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but yeah. Now you've said that, it definitely rings a bell. Yeah. I'm sure, there's a Freddy Krueger fan listening that knows, but um. Uh, yeah, so obviously we plan to do more than a trilogy. We're going to do lots of episodes, but here we are. We're episode three. Um, since the last episode, what's been going on? What have you been up to? What's been going on? Well, I think we can both kind of link up to this one, which is quite good. I think the return of cinemas, uh, I think we'll we'll go down this angle because my wife and I went to go uh, and watch a film. 
recently and it was returning back to the cinemas, mate. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I cannot explain to you how big this was. So before I met my wife, she told me that she only went to the cinema once in her entire life. Um, wow. It might have been once, but it was it was less than you know. There's only a couple of times, maybe yeah. once even. But you know, she wasn't a cinema goer, and since meeting me, we go to the cinema all the time, and we watched horrifically bad movies, really good movies, and it was just so good to just go back to the cinema. I know you've had a recent experience with that as well. I have indeed. I went to see A Quiet Place Two last month. Um, I, I actually think I went. I, did I? I might have gone just before we recorded the last episode actually or maybe I didn't I don't actually remember but I went to see A Quiet Place 2 that was my first time back at the cinema since December 2019 I went with my brother my my wife stayed home um, and yeah it was just it sounds silly but I was close to tears like I was so um, because I going to the cinema is was always something that you just kind of not take for granted but I certainly did it a lot and I know you said your wife only goes only went once in her life and it is a bit of a shock to hear that but some people don't just go to the cinema but I was one of these people that used to have a Cineworld Unlimited card um, I had one way back when they first launched and they were only nine ninety nine. Yeah, I think in more recent years the price was way higher it was more like 15 16 I didn't have one then but when I went to see A Quiet Place 2 they didn't add for the unlimited card and I believe it is back to 9.99 unless there was some kind of small print that I missed that's what it looked like and it made me go I think I need to get one of them so I can get back to the cinema again uh, but yeah absolutely loved it bought some popcorn bought a drink horrendously expensive you need a new mortgage for that sort of stuff these days but you know I couldn't not do it just being back in the cinema it was absolutely loved it um, and the film was great but I loved that first movie and the second one was just as good if not better I thought um, okay I haven't, I've seen the first one but I've not I've not kind of seen the second one and very similar to you we, we, I just bought the whole shebang, you know, the popcorn, the nachos, everything included. Um, like you said, it is. And I think the, the kind of cinema, because I had an Odeon cinema pass as well, which is very yeah. similar. And I think they're doing a kind of offer for three months to get people back into the cinemas where they're offering a 9 card. And then obviously yeah. bumps up after three months then. But, ah, okay. Um, it was probably uh, the same with Cineworld then. So that makes yeah. sense. Okay, But cool. yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we're going to purchase again, if I'm honest, because yeah. it's... Uh, we, it was just so good to be back and even yeah. though the horrific movie that we watched sorry I was wife, just about to say listening. what did you go see so I hadn't been to the cinema pretty much the same time as you December 2019 probably yeah mine was um, Rise of Skywalker was the last movie I saw at the cinema I mean you could grind your teeth more if you like <laughs> the most forgettable Star Wars movie ever made and like you know Attack of the Clones isn't forgettable because people remember how bad it was. Just the Rise yeah. of Skywalker is just forgettable because it was just, I thought, way too safe and boring. But anyway, what did you go see? Peter Rabbit 2. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, each to their own, I suppose. The reason, the reason I brought up this is because obviously my wife wanted to go and watch it. Um, yeah. And part of it in me I feel like I'm doing research for the podcast now is yeah. because I know your love for James Corden and I thought <laughs> you know this would be the perfect film to bring up for Kelsey about James Corden yeah so. um uh that, that that's for you might not be able to sense it in Lou's voice but there is a t- touch of sarcasm there um not a fan of James Corden don't get me wrong back in the day when he when James Corden burst on the scene 
Uh, I didn't mind him. He was inoffensive. I didn't mind Gavin and Stacey. Like, it was... I, yeah, honestly... Yeah. Indifferent, I suppose. But I just think it's a case of that where he's obviously got an agent that has it in with some big people in Hollywood. And so he appears in all these places. And I'm not crazy about the fact that James Corden is this big representation for, for like for Britain over in the States, like being the big talk show host, I would rather there was someone a bit more, just someone that has a bit more class and intelligence, someone that was funnier, maybe. I don't know. Each to their own again. Some people love him. I just think he gets about in places that he probably shouldn't be, uh, but (laughs) whatever. Um, It was uh, funny because uh, somebody said to me the other day, um, I don't know if somebody said it to me or I saw it on Twitter, but during one of the England games when they had Ed Sheeran and David Beckham sat next to each other, somebody said, well, you just need James Corden next to him and that's a comic relief sketch right there. Because that's the sort of thing he does. Like He yeah. makes sure he's in with all those people everywhere and his voice is a bit annoying and stuff like that, but whatever. Um, Peter Rabbit too. How many... So, cause what's your rating then? Uh, so we're doing it out of 10, I'm guessing. Uh, no, um, let's go out of 5. I, I mean, I don't know about you, I prefer out of 5. I, think I knew you'd you go out of 10, that. you can get so... It just gets a bit too convoluted. Out of 5 is clear. Everyone yeah. gets it, right? Yeah. Um, it was better than the original. Like, it was better <laughs> than the first one. It's it's the Empire Strikes Back to New Hope, you know? It, it, <laughs> I'm just doing it on purpose now to just make your soul die a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, no, it's... It was okay. It was a it was a forgettable film. You know, there was, it, it was it's one of those that I like to call them a McDonald's film, where you go, you watch it, you enjoy it, but you're never going to write home to anyone and just go, this this was so beautiful. It's going to give you a bad stomach after you've seen it. And yeah, stuff like the, that. I was going to. My original reaction was going to be, oh, well, the nachos are great, the popcorn, yeah. oh, five out of five. You know, the, the, but uh, an easy kind of. A low three, I yeah. think, is probably a low. Th- okay, a low enough. three, yeah. a low three. It's uh, bordering on two to three. Okay, I think the first one got a two, so it's just above it. Okay, fine. Well, I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> Anything else, or you just went to see Peter Rabbit two, and that was the highlight of your last two weeks? <laughs> I think obviously uh, we've been watching a lot of uh, the Euros. And I think yeah, we've batted back and forth. And welcome to Eurochat, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we'll definitely talk about yours. I just want to talk about <laughs> what I've been doing. Thanks, Lou. Because everybody's so interested, obviously. Um, what have I been doing since the last podcast? Uh, so, playing Mario Golf. I got that as a late birthday gift. That was really good. Nice. I've uh, been playing that on the Switch. The motion controls I tried, uh, they're a bit... They, they are really good accurate but then it's just it's a big learning curve and i sort of tried for 15 minutes and then just went back to playing it normally so okay. i've been having a lot of fun with that um work is kind of super busy as i said before just with summer and stuff going on we've got events plannings and things like that um uh just going to the gym i did 10 days in a row which i think is my record for 10 day for going to the gym in consecutive days That's and then good. i took i took like two days off because I did 10 days in a row. I was like, yeah, I can have two days off now. Um, yeah. And then like this was just after my birthday week. And uh, I, I tweeted about it the other day and just said, I'm really pleased with like my strength gaining. But like the flab is returning, I think, because I indulged over the birthday week. And so <laughs> I got... flab uh, is returning. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I got a bit down about that. And I'm just going to make sure that... So 
And I went to the gym today and I'm sort of back on track now. It's going to be going hardcore for the next couple of weeks or next few weeks. Um, Yeah, what else? I was on the Pixel People podcast. I did, yeah. uh, Which went out yesterday. Uh, The Pixel People is a podcast by a fellow content creator by the name of Firewriter. She, She was originally somebody that I met. She was a Fallout streamer. So I met her through the Fallout community, and then she started this podcast last year uh, about NPCs and games and our relationship with NPCs and what they mean to us and all this kind of thing. Cool. And so I guested on that and spoke about the boss. Please go listen to it, and not just to my episode. Um, the podcast itself is incredibly unique. I haven't really heard any others like it, so I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, you can find me on the most recent episode talking about the boss. Um, what else? I mean, we were talking a bit earlier about lack of interest in, uh, the lack of interest in the latest WWE shows. And I was thinking about this earlier. Um, obviously the other day we were speaking about AEW Dynamite and how MJF and Sammy Guevara had what I thought this was incredible match. And after that show, I think again, I just went on social media and I was like, that's it. I'm done. This is the greatest wrestling show on TV right now. There is no comparison. I'm sick of being this diplomatic. Yeah, one show's got this. One show's got that. It's just like, no, the other show is crap. This is the show <laughs> that I do not. I just cannot miss. There is so much good stuff on it. And then I sent a message, obviously, to to you and Sai earlier, just saying, Anybody what remember that Raw was on this week? <laughs> and Sai's like, I haven't watched it in years. And, you just, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I haven't watched it for a few weeks. And I just thought it was funny because, you know, when we started this podcast, we mentioned how we might talk about wrestling from time to time. Of course, and yeah. just today, that was like this weird moment I had that I actually forgot that Raw was on because it's just been so dire for a while now. And... uh my brain had obviously just got to that point where it was like, you don't even need to remember this thing now because it's so not important to you. Um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I wondered what, how you felt about that really. Yeah. So to kind of give a, a, a brief background, because um, uh, this is quite important based on the conversation we've just had, to be honest with you. Um, my history with watching wrestling as everyone else's attitude era once that kind of ended, everyone went quiet, came back, got into it. Uh, but a bit of history for me is that I have watched every Raw from the first episode to, I think I'm on about 2009. So that's quite a hefty amount of, of Raw episodes. So I hate the term, but I, I am a WWE guy. I'll always be <laughs> professed to be a WWE guy. I've gone to many yeah. indie shows, local shows, etc. Um, but exactly what you said is that the way I kind of structure watching the wrestling at the moment, I'll watch Smackdown first, I'll watch Dynamite second, and then if I have nine hours spare I may catch (laughs) bits of Raw, because it is a slog to watch it at the moment. I only watch it just to tick a box. Uh, I watch Smackdown solely because I can't believe I'm even saying it. Roman Reigns is carrying the whole thing. Uh, yeah. the, the the thing they've got with the Usos is just out of this world. It is it's so good. It is They are literally carrying the show. Um, I feel if that changes, I can imagine myself dipping from that as well. 
Uh, and I yep. noticed last week that it was edging towards this. And I struggle to criticise the WWE a little bit because I kind of get it. Um, mm-hmm. But this was the biggest criticism, is that they started off with Roman Reigns. Then they had a match directly in- involving Roman Reigns in some capacity. Then the mid-show was the rematch of the first match. And then the last match was him coming out and doing a promo. And I was just yeah. kind of, it's a two-hour show, and it's half an hour, if you add them all together, matches, etc. It's, it's, it's him, which yeah. that signals to you that it's just him running that show. And it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Uh- and I wonder if people noticed that because I don't know if you realised, but last Friday he wasn't on the show at all. Um, they the so the previous week, like you said, that he was just all over it, and yeah. then there was that that thing with Edge, and then he wasn't on the show at all. And I don't know if they 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 realised that. I don't know. Sometime I'm not gonna turn this into a big long wrestling episode, but I just because it was on my mind today, I wanted to bring it up. But you're yeah. completely right. You know, SmackDown has been infinitely much more watchable. I tune into WWE because of the talent, because they have people on it that I want to see. But then, unfortunately, I see them in these situations that are, like you know, un- unwatchable, and they try to make the best of what they can out of it, you know. And sometimes it works. There's these little moments that that really kind of shine, but it's so few and far between that it makes it a struggle. And I, I do think come SummerSlam, when the fan, when everybody is, the fans are back full time and all this, they're obviously putting a lot of stock into SummerSlam. There's, there's an opportunity to kind of reset things a little bit and it may become watchable going in towards the end of the year, back towards Royal Rumble and then towards Mania next year. Um, so I'm holding out hope, but just at the moment it's been a slog, as you say, and then this week I've just been completely switched off. And then, Whereas AEW and just every week is 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 better than the last for the most part. There's parts that sometimes don't work as well for me, and and but the difference is they seem to know when something doesn't work, and then they cause correct literally the next week, yeah. and they will fix things, and they hear the negative feedback, you know, the constructive feedback where people say something maybe is a bit over the top or silly or whatever. And they do stuff about it. They make sure everybody gets their chance. They make sure that there is coherence running through all the threads of the show. And it just kind of, um, yeah, it's just on a different level as far as I'm concerned. It's that That's the wrestling that I fell in love with. And these days, WWE, it's like I say, it's, it's there, but it's so rarely there. And it's because I'm not sure what they are these days. They feel like they're moving away from being... A wrestling company a little bit and a more you know they're very brand that brand orientated they're you know world domination and all this kind of stuff they Absolutely. want to be marvel kind of thing um rather than a wrestling show which you know it's it's fine some people do enjoy enjoy it it's just yeah for me it feels like they can't make their mind up between being like a, a product for children or a product for adults they're they're just kind of throwing everything at stuff and yeah. not a lot is hitting for me but um yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um yeah, let's let's not bang on too much about wrestling. We're going to probably do more and more wrestling stuff I think as the podcast develops and it's funny because this brings me back to uh last well, was it late last year when you made your absolutely uh what's the word? Um 
I was going to say bold, but you made you made the comment where you was just like, actually, the attitude era is garbage. Ooh. And from that moment, Ooh. yourself and myself and Sai mm-hmm. and uh, like Jordan and stuff, a few people on Twitter were like, we need to sit down and have a discussion about this at some point. And I'm sure we will, and we keep meaning to. I wrote a format for that podcast <laughs> at some point, and we've just never got around to it. So, um, but yeah, because that's an interesting conversation to have. Absolutely, I um, definitely, uh, it definitely needs to happen uh, one day. <laughs> and that's that that makes uh remember last time we were talking about how you're not a fence sitter that's definitely one of those situations where you weren't sat on the fence you just <laughs> you laid it out there it was a very absolute statement wasn't it it was a very <laughs> uh it's, it's always risky to say things like that but i would still stand by maybe not the term uh, garbage uh but it, it was very much an era where for me at the time, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, it, it there's a lot of uh, uncoordinated mess throughout. That's that's completely fair enough. I think we'll definitely uh, we'll get into that more in the future. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so from one sport to another, we're going to have a quick chat about the Euros because obviously we made predictions last time. Yeah, and uh, here we are now. Uh, two. So it's actually two games later for England. Obviously, it was only one game later. For Wales, um, yeah. You, cheers, uh, mate. Thanks for that. I do, appreciate that. Do you want to just give us a brief reaction to uh, the defeat and how you're feeling, uh, and then maybe give us a quick prediction for how you think the Euros are going to end up? Yeah, because we're course. only three games, three games to go. Three games to go. What four games to go. Four games. Four no, games. Three to games go. to go. Yeah, yeah. So two semi-finals and a final. Yeah, yeah. Because you think two semi-finals, two finals. No, it's one final. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's only one final. Three games to go. But yeah, so Wales. I obviously, if everybody remembers, I was a firm believer that Wales were going were gonna to nick the victory and we were going to see them progress. That didn't happen. Uh, what was your reaction to that? Obviously, I was very, very sad about it. Uh, it was kind of expected, so it wasn't so painful. I knew Denmark have a very, very good side and it would have been very, very bad of me to kind of predict that Wales were going to win in that match. I felt that we were wronged a little bit by the referee and I felt decisions went against us. But someone summarised it and I'm just going to summarise it like this. Uh, Denmark caused the result. The referee caused the scoreline. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree, and I said to you, the scoreline is just completely, uh, it just does not tell the story of the game, you know, that classic Absolutely phrase, not. it doesn't, it's, it's spe- I mean, I think I said that to you at 3-0, and then obviously the fourth went in, and it was just like, well, that's just a joke, to be honest, like, so you look at the scoreline, it's like, wow, Wales got battered, and it's like, well, no, not really, Um that didn't tell the story so it was a shame and I would have absolutely loved to see them progress I think it would have been great and you know I was wrong I think at when Denmark won that game uh it sort of made me think maybe it's in the stars yeah. for them this tournament um which I think is actually still possible um in going into the Germany game I actively made sure that I was <laughs> pessimistic and I did it on purpose because I watched that game. I was having the time of my life. You know, when it kicked off, I had my feet up. I was relaxed. I had, you know, I had friends messaging me saying, you know, that they, you know, were on edge and stuff like that. And I wasn't. I could not have been more chilled out because I was fully prepared to lose. And so to win 2-0 was great. And then it was, what was funny is the game, 
Not only did they win 2-0, uh, I mean, it was incredibly convincing. You know, the first 10 minutes was just like, oh, here we go. Uh, there's a Germany goal going in any minute now, and that's it, as we, as I sort of thought. But after that, they barely got a look in, and, you know, the the first goal almost killed the game completely. They had, Germany had a miss straight after that, and then 2-0, it was over. And that was really nice to see, and it was in that moment and in that result, I was like, great, okay. That's really positive. I'm really pleased. Don't it's say it. Over Don't say it, Kelsey. Do not say it. <laughs> no, no, Do no, not no. Say but the phrase. Listen, <laughs> and then, um, so it, I found I found myself finally accepting the Euros for what they were, and yeah, I was like, great, fantastic, another game to watch after this. The subsequent game, I mean, to be fair, Ukraine are were the worst they were the worst third place team to get through so at the start of that game uh, my prediction was uh, well I made two predictions to the friends of mine I said this will be the game that we score three goals in because if we were going to score goals it was going to be this game yeah when we scored really early I said we will win 4-0 and lo and behold we did I didn't actually expect us to win 4-0 but we did and yeah uh, you know, Ukraine, they, they've had their moments here and there, but uh, yeah, they were the worst team. So that was a game England really had to kind of step up. And I, I think agree. they did. And it was after that game, it was like, well, you know, if there was ever a chance, this is it. But in my personal opinion, I do think it's in the stars for Denmark. As I said, um, I would put, I would love that. I mean, if we were to, England were to lose to Denmark, fantastic. And if they would go on and win it, even better. What a story that would be, given everything that's happened and, you know, with the, with game one for them. Um, so what's your thoughts sort of moving into the final? Where do you think it's going to go as a, as a neutral viewer now? England, all the way. England, okay. And you can tell I'm saying that as I grit, yep. grit my teeth. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's theirs. Sorry, it's theirs. Um, Denmark are a good side, but they're, they're no comparison to England. And I think whoever they face in the final, which will either be Italy or Spain, I feel... But what if- about Italy, though? That's the thing. You know, this is... I think if Spain... If if Italy go into the final, I think Italy will win. No. I think, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I think if I look at percentages and... Mm. I'm going to be really nerdy by saying percentages here. Go for if it. If Italy get in the final with England, I think it's going to go 75-25 to, uh, to England. If Spain, mm-hmm. 90-10. Spain have had a weird tournament. Um, they, uh, I was looking at some stats, and so they current. I think so. They currently have uh, they have more goals than any other, any other team. They have the highest possession, the highest passing accuracy, but then they lost to... No, they... What did they do? They won... They drew three. Yeah. God, I think. Uh, which is obviously... Whereas Italy haven't uh, drawn any. It, Italy have won every, every game. Every game, yeah. If I, yeah, every game. Um, so it's funny. Like, Spain have kind of, like... Of scramble, of kind of scrambled their way through, and then here they are now, where they've got this game against Italy, and it's like, I don't know, like maybe <laughs> they're, a, they're a team in transition. Uh, they're yeah. you know a relatively young team, yeah. and I think that it, it kind of says a lot. And I go back to Wales again because I always will. the The worst average possession of any team 
in this competition mm. was Wales with a possession of 33%. Oh, uh, Jesus. That sounds wrong. <laughs> it, it does sound wrong, basically based on the fact that we played Switzerland, Italy and Denmark. Yeah. And I think it's kind of linked towards that mostly. And we were we, we struggled. And I don't know, I just think that Spain, if they get to the final, I think that will be their achievement. Yeah. I think, no, I think that's fair. I enough. think England yeah. get to the final. They have to win it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if England get to the final and lose, that would be a complete waste of time for everybody. Yeah, it feels like if you're going to get there, now's the time. So, yeah, they've never had a better chance. Yeah. I'm really interested to see where it goes. Obviously, I'm going to be watching the, the game tonight. Um, and then England, the final is on Sunday. Is it Sunday? S- yeah. yeah, yeah, it might be. Sunday. I know it's the 11th uh, of July, I believe. Yeah. Who do you think is going to get the, uh, the golden boot for top scorer? Because, funny fact... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo himself, who is currently sitting on his boat with his family, yeah. uh, he's current top scorer, but he's not in the tournament anymore. That's and crazy. there are no players in any of the four teams left that are anywhere near him. I think, well, I say anywhere near, Ronaldo has five, um, and then closest, I think, is Sterling okay. with with two. No, Sterling have three. Three. Let me have. Let me just see if I can quickly. Find yeah, because it, it is three. Yeah, because he yeah. scored against uh, Germany, Czech Republic, and the other team that you played. <laughs> so there's. So there's. Yeah. <laughs> so there's. There's. Um, so Sterling and Kane potentially could catch him. Uh, but yeah, so that was funny. But do you have any predictions there? Uh, Golden boot. I think Sterling might creep there. Uh, but I think it's Ronaldo's. Cool, it? I think it's Ronaldo's. I thought, yeah. um, is it Patrick Schick who plays for Czech Republic? I yeah. think he was on f- yeah. four. He so so he actually has five, okay. and I don't know why this puts him. So no, this currently puts him in technically a joint first. But I don't know how they decide who would get it. To be honest, is it could, can it be a tie? I can't, I don't actually know. I don't think it can be a tie, but I think you can have. Uh, it's based on goals per minute. And maybe assists included in there? Possibly, yeah, yeah. It's just opened up a page here. It's got things... The Euro site says, like, right foot, left foot, head, inside area, outside area, matches played okay. and stuff like that. There's nothing about assists, but maybe, yeah, maybe it will go to assists as well because they're both currently tied with five. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, so, yes, for those still listening who aren't into football, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. Um, the Euros are over after this episode, so don't worry. We're going to have a lot less to talk about until you know the new season kicks off. Um, but obviously, as we mentioned last episode, we now have a new backbone to this we podcast. We do. We do. Um, Luigi's uh, Luigi's sec- segment that he came up with, Ask Three. The first episode, he asked me three questions. Then last time it was my turn, and this time it's. It's Luigi's. T- I was going to call you Luigi's, Lewis and Luigi together. Then that's interesting. That's um, this week it's Lou's turn to ask me questions. It certainly is. Um, and I guess I'll just hand it over to you because this is obviously the section everybody's been waiting for. It's where we get to know each other, find our innermost thoughts and feelings, stories from our lifetime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's over to you. You're asking me questions this this time. Yeah. Let's let's crack on yeah, with it. No problem. So I thought. You know, when you go to the gym, you need to kind of warm up a little bit. You can't go straight straight to those uh, straight to those oh, kgs. Yes. Let's let's get you warmed up. Yeah. So the first question I want to ask you: What is the proudest moment of your life? 
Wow. Careful. This is a warm-up. <laughs> yeah. How is this a warm-up? Um, okay. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what you did last week. I'm going to pass it back to you of while I have a little think, because, God, if this is a warm-up, what's question three going to be like? Um, <laughs> right, yeah, th- you tell me yours. I'm going to have a little think. Yeah, so mine would probably be a, in, in a space of kind of like a year... I did a lot of things for charity. I used to do quite a lot of running. Uh, it started with doing small half marathons, kind of local area, Cardiff, etc., which then progressed finally to doing the London Marathon, which was possibly the most proudest thing I've ever done. Crossing that line was something I cannot. It is. It must be a similar feeling to when people score a goal. Uh, it is just the most crazy moment that I've ever had in my life. And... The circumstances around that time as well were just nuts because what I had done six weeks before London Marathon is I was running down a hill and hurt my knee, and which is never a good thing. And the doctor yeah. told me that what you need to do is rest up for eight weeks. And I had London Marathon six weeks later, so there wasn't an option. And midway through the marathon, my knee twinged. And I couldn't bend my knee by the last four or five miles, so it was a really mind of a matter situation. But yeah, it, that was probably my proudest moment. Is also the same night I got engaged as well, which probably adds to it. Uh, my my mindset. This is fantastic. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> my, my 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 mindset was I either do the London Marathon and it doesn't go very well, but my heart was in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Or I finish it and we have that great moment, you know. So. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was definitely one of I had to take a year off running afterwards and all that type of stuff and injuries and etc. With that, but it's once something I would never swap. Uh, it was a bit of an anticlimax. You cross the line and then you go and meet your family and friends, and I was kind of so excited. But you have to walk a mile <laughs> to meet them, so you've done twenty six of them, and now you've uh, by the way. Do another mile to to finish, really. <laughs> but it, a little bonus mile. Yeah, and there's nothing more. Uh, demoralizing that you're thinking wow I'm going at a really good pace here I'm beating all my PBs at London Marathon this is crazy and then a guy dressed as a phone box run past you so there is, <laughs> there's definite a drop in reality when you have those moments excuse me can you bring me a taxi please <laughs> there was a guy that we started who had a karaoke set and he was singing and I remember thinking oh I don't think he's going to be able to keep this up by by mile 6 or 7 it went very very quiet <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it's funny you say, like, you could, if you hadn't had finished, people would have been like, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's an achievement in itself. You had a go and stuff. You can't really do a bad job in the London Marathon, can you? I mean, unless you, I mean, if you do one mile, it's probably yeah. like a bit of a waste yeah, of time. Great. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a funny one, running. Why Why is running such a big deal to you? Like I've said to you before, I can't, I cannot, I run on the treadmill from time to time, but... Like a marathon to me just seems, well, there's no way I could do it now. I mean, I'm certainly not prepared to do a marathon if someone said I had to. It would scare the hell out of me. So yeah. what is it about running that... Well, I'm super, I'm super competitive for a start to my detriment. And I think that I was never, I got into sport quite late in life. I think I was just hitting teenage years before I actually got really into sport. And mm. by that point, it was kind of too late. So when you're 11, 12... Your formative years have gone when it comes to sport. Mm. And I was never really good at anything else. And running was the, the kind of thing that I really got 
really into. I can compete against myself. We know what it's like fighting against your own PBs. Yeah, we know that feeling. And yeah, I just got really addicted to it. And I think in the space of a year, I think I did five runs over over the year, as in like major runs. And I think mm. I raised about £4,000, I think, something like that. Or for That's charity. Yeah. Um, I was going to say for me then, but no, for charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went on holiday yeah. after that. Barbados, <laughs> here we come. <laughs> no, it was, and, you know, there was different charities as well. There was a multi, the, the big ones, the small ones, etc. And, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was just, yeah, the proudest moment just crossing the line was just something unreal. Yeah. That's okay. So I think I've got one, and I just want to preface this with, you know, I've got sort of moments in my life where I think I'm like when you said when's your what's your proudest moment, I instantly thought of my son, but then I was like, no, uh, so no, <laughs> like like <laughs> like I'm obviously like he he's not <laughs> he doesn't do much that I'm necessarily proud of. Like he does he does stuff that I'm proud of, but it's kind of in a doting father kind of way. Of course. Obviously I was really really proud of my wife at his birth and stuff like that. Um I uh I was gonna say I was thinking about when I so I went to university and stuff years ago, I got a degree, I did education later in life and I became a qualified teacher. That was a really proud moment for me and sending students through their course and them them you know them getting great results mm-hmm. really proud moments but to be completely honest with you there is one thing that is sticking in my mind that i think definitely takes the top spot and so when i lived in bristol uh, my wife and i we so we're both big dog lovers okay we don't have uh, dogs of ourselves our parents do my mum has a dog and my wife has grown up with dogs They've she's had various dogs throughout her lifetime her parents actually they were a they were not not a dog shelter that what's that thing do thing people do where they they adopt the dog like temporarily while it's waiting for its new home so they did that a fair bit okay um so you know that, big, both big dogs yeah, i think it's got is it boarding no yeah yeah it's basically like boarding for dogs yeah yeah um and anyway when uh we were in bristol and we saw a post go out on the local rspca dogs home for this uh this uh white uh staffordshire bull terrier called buddy that was their longest staying resident and i think he'd been there for like 16 months or something like that and just being constantly overlooked like and it was we, we saw this and we're just like you know sometimes you see these things and you just kind of feel compelled to do something um so we saw that and we got in touch and we we're like is there something we can do uh, well i say we asked that we actually proposed to them uh making a like video campaign to put on facebook to show because people have prejudice when they see like staffordshire bull terriers and other certain breeds of dogs <coughs> excuse me and they sometimes don't really get the full uh picture of what these these dogs are like mm-hmm. and it's the rspca they don't have loads of money so we just basically volunteered to make uh like a campaign video for buddy to help get him a new home and so we went down there we filmed with them spent like a couple of hours with buddy playing with him uh we interviewed you know one of the handlers there and 
put the, put out this video and it got like picked up by the wider community thousands and thousands of views shares yeah um i was on the television the like so bristol has its own news channel and uh they picked it up they took me down there did an interview with me to just kind of give more exposure it's on you know all the online local news sites and stuff like that and through all that this dog got rehomed Amazing. and found found a home and like I'm actually sort of getting a little bit choked up just thinking about it. Like this family took on took him on, and, and just just because you know this family was out there, there's families out there waiting to take on these dogs. They just haven't seen them, and so just by taking that little step to get the video out there <clears throat> and yeah, get this the, their longest resident rehomed. Yeah, it was. I think through everything I've done in my life, and you know through work and stuff like that. That is generally one of the most purest, proudest moments of my life, and I think it's up there for my wife as well. Because we, we, it was kind of a team effort, and you know, we did that together. Of course, yeah. Um, and after that, we did a few more videos as well, and got some more dogs rehomed. But he was the first one, and because it was this big deal and their longest resident and stuff like that, it sort of has special place in my memory. So, yeah, it's weird because you know you, you, you study for a good career and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you've got your family and all this that and the other but nope <laughs> getting that dog rehomed i can't tell you man it, yeah that meant a lot that's amazing I, think. I love that as as things stand proudest moment of my life easily brilliant superb i can't i have no words for that that's that's <laughs> that's that's beautiful really isn't it let's be honest uh yeah so that was your warm-up um <laughs> <laughs> So what I want to do I feel do now, worn out and drained. <laughs> so what I want to do now is you, I've just picked a small bit of your life. So I want now to okay. evaluate your entire life. Okay, so this is the next question. <laughs> okay. um, if your life was a movie or a TV show and your whole life was on TV and you could rewind it, fast forward it, certain bits, what would you go back to and repeat oh, constantly and my. constantly and constantly and constantly? Um, good or bad? Okay. Um, well, I don't really want to repeat any bad moments. Of course. Um, I mean, I repeat them enough in my head on a regular basis anyway. Okay. I mean, good question. <clears throat> I think um, I would go back. So you. So I can't change anything. You can't change anything. Just... All you would do okay. is have her on your TV... You sat down with your wife and gone, oh, should we watch that again when I did this? Or when I did yeah. that? Should we watch it again? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going I'm to pass it back That's to you fine. for a second. Because, again, I need to have another little think about this. This is two big, big ones in a row. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So... What's yours? <laughs> so, Mike... So, I just remind people, I've not... I, the reason... I've not seen these questions or heard them, so I have no preparation, whereas Lou's had, like, two weeks to prepare. Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. And so mine is... I, I've mentioned that I, I wasn't particularly great at sport, which is why I took up running. But the one sport I was really good at... Um, and no... I don't think you know this. I don't think many, many people know kind of what sport I was good at as a kid uh, going into mm. my teenage years was, was table tennis uh, I'm really really good at ta- well I'm I hate to boast but I'm actually good at table tennis right I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna say it I'm allowed to say it. I was good at table tennis um, yeah. I have 
two junior caps for Wales in table tennis. You know, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. Uh, ironically, one of the games that I did play was against Denmark, and I also lost. Um, <laughs> it never ends. So this little story comes back into my head. And I played this one game, and it was for my club side. And we played against this this kid who he was going to be the next big thing. Uh, he was going to go to the Olympics. He was going to represent his country, etc., etc. So I played him, and at that time I was captain of the club because mainly because I was the oldest. That's I wasn't. There were better players than me. It was just because I, I was older. And I played this mm-hmm. kid, and I don't know if you know the rules of table tennis. It's first to eleven, but if you get to ten all, you have to win by two clear points. And I'd taken the lead at 11-10, so I just needed to win the last point. This is going to sound like a bizarre story, I know. And I hit the, the ball, and I'd messed up, and the guy hit a, a, a hell of a forehand, and I'd managed to get the edge of my paddle onto the ball. And I don't know if you've ever seen a table tennis ball hit the side of a table, but what it can do, it can hit it, and it just pops, it just springs off. There's nothing anyone yep. can do about it. There's nothing you can do. And I just saw this ball. And when you've been playing for so long, you can just see it. Oh, my God, this is going to happen. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to beat the guy who's going to go to the Olympics. I'm going to the Olympics. I'm going to get a gold yeah. medal. I'm going to be the best. And, <laughs> right? And it, no joke, no joke, it missed the table by about a millimeter. So much oh so that they had to have three judges decide if it just touched the table. Oh my word! It was a, it was then after about five minutes of deliberating about it, it mm. was then ruled that it didn't hit the table. It then no. went to eleven all. My head had gone at this moment, and I eventually yeah. lost. So I would love. Do you know when you kind of see it in movies when you just see the ball going? Really, you know when they take basketball <laughs> and you motion. just see the ball going through the net, and it's just yeah. and it hits the rim, dun dun, side to side, side to side, yeah, and then yeah. it drops in. Yeah, that was my moment. I'd love to just revisit because one, I'm sure it hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to. I want to check. And two, just to see how close that was because yeah. the fact that they had to have three judges communicate and talk about it says that it was so close. And who yeah, knows yeah. if I'd beaten? I think he ended up playing for Wales at the Olympics, and I think he did quite well. I don't think he ever got a medal because yeah. um, table tennis for the British people is quite difficult. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he ended up playing for Wales for a number of years and I ended up cursing my luck. Wow. God, such drama in that. In dra- drama in table tennis. I mean, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you thought he was going to just hit the table and I'd won and I jumped around. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Adrian, yeah. we did it. <laughs> yeah. So you want to relive... Uh, the mo- rewatch that moment you you almost did really well. <laughs> you know what you see on TV programs when you see a kind of uh, a, a, a middle aged person and they've got like a beard, them the beard's grown and they yeah. keep watching the time they got the injury or they missed that touchdown yeah. pass. That was that's me. That's going to be me if I ever get to record that moment. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, okay, moment in my life that I'd like to rewatch over and over again. Um, Again, there's a few been trying in my head to narrow it down to a few. Um, I think now I, I don't know if this counts um, because it's not necessarily uh, anything I did. It was just 
like a great experience if you like um and this was uh so download festival which is a heavy metal rock festival which is on uh as i say every year it's obviously wasn't on last year they did a taster a a tester recently for when people started going back to festivals um i so this is a, a a performance i saw at download festival which to this day is the greatest live music performance i don't even want to call it performance it was like it was like almost an out-of-body experience and i was sober as well okay i just want to like kind of say that so uh one of my favorite bands growing up was system of a down um they were a band that i listened to as we all did when we were younger Mm-hmm. When you only had a few CDs, you would listen to the same ones over and over and over again. Absolutely. So I had their first two albums, uh, and actually, their uh, they had a like a B sides that they released after their second album as well. I had those three, and I would listen to them on repeat. I know them back to front for years. I still li- I still listen to them to this day, but they had. Um, the band had split at this point. So this was 2000 and I'm going to say 10. It was either 2010 or 2011. I don't think it was because my first download was 2008. I think I missed 2009 and then went 10, 11, 12, I think. So it's 10 or 11, whenever System of a Down headlined. They, they had split like maybe four or four years prior to that. And then... They had, I think maybe they'd done like one or two shows in the previous year, and then it was confirmed that they were going to headline download. And I was like, my God, I'm going to get to see one of my most favorite bands I've ever seen. <clears throat> and so the, I think they were headlining the second night. Um, they, uh, we were fairly close. The way it works, I don't know if you've ever been to a festival, like there's always like a, a front sort of uh area then there's always like a set of railings in the next area we were like yeah. kind of you know t- 25 feet from the stage or something like that so pretty decent when you consider download main main stage is you know that's it's a huge area you know there's probably they probably squeeze like fifty thousand people on that field or something like that um and yeah i got to see system of a down perform at download and I, I'd been saying to people all day, like, I can't wait. This is, you know, going to be my highlight of the weekend. And that was before it started. They were like 45 minutes late because one of the like rafter things that holds, I guess, the curtains, like as we were all standing there, it just kind of like fell off and was hanging. So some, okay. one of the one of the techies had to climb the thing climb across screw all this stuff back on which i presume is what held everything up for like 40 minutes or whatever so they were super late coming on which is gets people a bit sort of twitchy um and then i remember i just remember it starting and i remember so the first song they opened with is prison song which literally starts with just these just slams on a guitar like boom Bum, 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 and then bum, 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 and then as it started, like the curtain dropped, and they were there. And there's this band that I'd loved like my entire life. Festival shows, festival performances sometimes aren't as good as like you know when you go to see them in a smaller arena or uh, you know um, 
uh, I don't know what they call those smaller venues, not like a pub, like a live music venue, you know what I mean? It's like a very, very large bar, if you like. Those yeah. can be really good. But this was, without a doubt, the best performance I've ever seen at a festival or, or you know, anywhere, um, because they... I have other bands that I'd seen at festival. Like I remember I saw the first time I saw Corn, which is another band I absolutely love. Their set was just like I don't know, it was just terrible. Like they didn't play like all they played was like uh like uh deep cuts off albums and stuff like that and it was like no no one really wants that like sure I love some of those songs but you want to see them live you want to hear the bangers you want to hear the big the big singles as well and and Korn's deep cuts are not let, let me say they're not exactly the catchy ones if you like they're very droney <laughs> so everyone came away from that performance like well that was shit um, and I actually saw them like a year later and they did the complete opposite so that made up for it but so System of a Down did this two hour set and just played everything, every Beautiful. single one of their best songs. Uh, they didn't play any new stuff because they didn't have a new album out. So it was just like a, a sort of walk through the history of System of a Down. Uh, and you know they were all on it. You know they were. It, it, they all. They've sort of had a weird history. This band and but at the time this this performance, you could tell they were all really into it and everything was pitch perfect and. There was little quirks to the performance and stuff that stick with me to this day. Uh, everybody that I was with, uh, I know, had a great time. And everybody had said to me after that they could tell that I was sort of not really there. <laughs> which is Amazing. Which is like... I love uh, that. And I sounded ridiculous these past couple of days because I was on this other podcast and got a bit emotional. Talking about this dog has got me emotional. And now I'm thinking of System of a Down. And I didn't cry, but... That when they were performing aerials, like which has this really kind of like slow intro, I could just feel like, you know, I, I was still like, and I could feel the emotion inside me, like course, yeah. this as a teenager. This has sent me back to my teenage years, and I mean, yeah. like musically, they're all incredibly talented as well. So there's a lot to love to respect about them in that sense. But I came away from that just like that was the greatest one of the greatest experiences of my life um and easily one of the best gigs and i've felt that way ever since so that was like 10 years ago or whatever and on youtube you could see i think maybe two songs from that performance you know with festivals they never have the whole thing so yeah, yeah. you can get a little glimpse of it but i would just love to rewatch that entire concert over and over again you know and feel what i felt then um, yeah. yeah, some of my close friends were there. My wife was there. Um, to this day, my my wife will often show. Uh, they have this song called Bounce, where they get mm. the entire crowd to sit down, and lots of bands do this. Get the crowd to sit down, and then get everyone to jump up and down as sort of the main riff drops. And because my wife was like, you know, her favorite band growing up was Busted, so it wasn't really. It's 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 busted times 20 when you look at oh she down, would love so. she would love my wife honestly. yeah <laughs> don't don't i'm rolling my eyes here i don't know, obviously you can't see it but yeah when she, but she was <laughs> she was proud that she had had was part of that experience and she'll show she i remember her us coming back and she was showing her mum and dad like look i was in the crowd there with these absolute lunatics like jumping up and down Amazing. with this heavy metal band and yeah just I don't know if that counts because I say I didn't do anything. I was just, I was 
just a viewer I was just there experiencing it but you can't watch the whole thing on YouTube I'd love to see the whole thing back I'd love to see you know uh, the smile on my face I suppose again like I barely slept that night that's for sure um, but yeah that that's Absolutely. mine that, I'd love to watch that over I and over that. again and I think uh, before we move on just kind of to echo that uh, I'm you know I love music uh, I would probably say I'm not in the the tier class that a lot of people when it comes to music I listen to music just for the sake of it but there's yeah. there's never been a thing in me where I have to become almost obsessed with it I just mm-hmm. enjoy every now and again but um, a band which I mentioned on the, the previous show where I listened to as a teenager and then as I grew up they kind of distanced themselves from the UK a little bit because mm-hmm. of lack of success and I thought I'm never going to see them I'm never going to see them live. And then they announced randomly uh, they were going to tour the UK, they were going to go to Bristol, and they were going to perform my favourite album. Like, tracks 1 to 15. Yeah. And the venue was was small. You kind of know O2 Academy in Bristol. Yeah, yeah been yeah, there many you know, times. You know that kind of setting. And yep. it was quite... It, there wasn't a massive uh, amount of fans there. Uh, but it was the best gig I've ever been to because yeah. it was literally every song. I was like, oh, yes, this is great. Yeah. And to actually, and I'm I'm a big hater on people who record at gigs. I, yeah. It really grinds me. It yeah. really does. It yeah. actually hurts my soul a little yeah. bit. And but there was one part when the, as you said, the riff dropped, and it was I recorded it, and I saved it on my phone. And it's one that I've just gone, I just need to listen to that just to get that feeling. Yeah. The best gig. So I can absolutely <clears throat> understand where you're coming from there. No, that's cool. Um, you've kind of d- danced around this, but what band is that? So it was a band called The Rasmus. Oh, I know The Rasmus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Famous for In the Shadows and uh, In the Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. They didn't, they didn't really get much Famous for that. classics such as In the Shadows, In the Shadows and yeah. In the Shadows. Yeah, yeah I remember because I'm a big hymn fan and when they came out, they were instantly compared to him because they are also from Finland and the singer from the Rasmus sort of looked incredibly like Vilvalo from him. Uh, but Sinigan. no, I don't mind the Rasmus. They're great. I actually think they did a song with him and... Apocalyptica at one point, which was really yep. good. Um, You're bringing me back to my teenage years. Now, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, great band. Um, I'm glad you had fun. Um, yeah. Cool. Question three. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. Um, your wife has just walked into the room. Okay. Oh, she uh, has. No, she hasn't. She actually hasn't. <laughs> She's in the room with you. So I'm asking her this question, and you need to answer on her behalf. What would okay. she say? Okay. What is Kelsey's most embarrassing moment together so a time where you were both together mm-hmm. and she would say oh I remember this happened yeah let's go back to you first yeah. I kind of <laughs> I feel I kinda, pathetic I, 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 no not at all it, it's really difficult isn't it? Yeah, like, like, yeah. I only got it last week how difficult it is to think of a really good meaty story I think but it's because I just spoke for ages anyway so yeah you, you, you tell me yours and my wife would say this right now. This is this is awful. And you kind of joined the Discord just after this moment, I believe. So you kind of missed out on the hilarity of this issue. Yeah. The first aid spray Discord, we should just yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my wife and I had gone to Mexico. And I like to think of myself as someone who likes to embrace 
the language of everywhere I go. I refuse to, I hate the whole, oh, why don't everyone speak English? I'm not like that. I, I'd yeah. like to learn the language. I'd like to be able to at least have a one question conversation. I love that. It's my, and my Spanish is okay. My cousin lived in Spain for so long, so I kind of know a little bit. So when we were in Mexico, it was a hot day. We walked to a local mall and it was all closed and we were we were really, really thirsty. It was roasting. I think it was about 37 degrees Bloody and it was about 10 in the morning. So you can imagine what it was like for the rest of the day. So the only thing open, as you expect, McDonald's. So we went to McDonald's. We ordered two drinks, sat down, realized they've got the straws. I thought, right, I'm going to go up now, practice my Spanish again. So I said to the lady and I said, uh, dos pajas. And she just looked at me as if I had spat in her face. So I said it slowly, just in case I'd mispronounced it. I said, dos pajas. Once again, look on her face, dreadful. So I went total English mode. I was like, two straws. <laughs> she gave me two straws, went back to the hotel and Jess was sitting right next to me as we spoke to our um, the rep at the hotel at the time. And I said, is there a massive difference between like European Spanish and Mexican Spanish? And he said, yeah, kind of. And I said, well, this situation happened. So I explained the situation again. And the moment I said the words, his face dropped. <laughs> and he said, do you realize what you've said? I said, well, I was asking for two straws. And I know pajas in Spanish is straw. And he said, no. And he pronounced it as like, Pajas, right? Mm-hmm. A slightly different pronunciation. He said, that is European Spanish for straw. Yeah. What you've asked for is, and, you know, we're on a, we have an explicit warning on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked for two masturbations. <laughs> now, I thought the rep was uh, winding us up a little bit. I thought he was, you know, take, take the mick of the British people. Yeah. So I asked someone, now, a lot of people who visit Mexico are Latino, are obviously. <laughs> Travel from America into into Mexico, enjoy the, yeah. and I asked him the same thing. And once I said the words, he just burst out laughing, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, I actually did say this." How can uh, it's, it's sorry? Two masturbations. It's yeah, like, I know what, what constitutes a masturbation. <laughs> but I always think of it as if imagine we are working in McDonald's, and you know, some guy came up to us. You know, and just went two masturbations, please. <laughs> How the police were never called, I yeah. do not know. Let's just say we never went back to yeah. the mall again. They could, she could probably tell that uh, you you didn't know what you were talking about, and uh, yeah, probably just thought, yeah, I'll uh, ignore this crazy. In- well, not Englishman. Uh, she she would have had no idea that you were Welsh. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. um, but first day, first day, may I add as well? That yeah. was our first day there. Wow. Well, I don't think I've ever done anything that embarrassing. So I've been try- trying to... Uh, <laughs> trying to... Oh, you see how you feel, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I've done the same. Like, I, I'm i maybe not so much as you, but I like when I go on holiday to try... You know, if I'm going to order something off the menu, I check out what I have to say first and I do give it a go. And my friends that I've been on holiday can sort of vouch for that, um, that I've been on holiday with can vouch for that. Um, it's funny when you say what would my wife say because without question out of the two of us she's the one that has the embarrassing moments like <laughs> all the time and she would she would admit that um, I don't know what it is there's just something about uh, the way she goes through life she, has, she she's a bit like you in the sense she will sit, she will do something like that where she will say those things um, but when I think about me 
and what she would say that is my, my most embarrassing moment. Like I said, it's just difficult because, as I say, she's the one that embarrasses herself all the time. Um, whereas I'm just <laughs> cool as a cucumber. Uh, okay, so th- this is probably mine. I think she would say this. Uh, and I will ask her after to, to see if I can confirm this, and I'll let you know. So when we went on... Uh, we went on holiday to... Uh, it's a similar story, going on holiday, foreign lands. Uh, we went to... It wasn't Tenerife. Mallorca. Group of us went on a very cheap holiday to Mallorca, which is a Spanish island for those that don't know, um, which is inhabited by lots of German people. Um, I had a Spanish friend that said that Spain don't consider it a Spanish island because of it's just uh, it's just inhabited by German people more than Spanish people. But anyway, there's a bit of trivia for you. So day one, we were there. Classic, everyone arrive, get yourself ready, get stuff in the rooms, get yourself changed, sorted out. Let's get down to the pool. Now, we were sort of fairly close to the beach, but it was a bit of a walk away. So we're like, we'll take advantage of the pool first, just while we're here. Cool off, you know, after the plane ride and all that. Uh, We, everybody jumping in the pool, having a drink, great time. I remember I enjoyed a beer on the side, just sitting on the side of the pool before I got in. Sip, 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 lovely, lovely, lovely. Everyone, come on, time to get in the pool. Okay, great, there we go, finish my beer. You know, rub your hands together, run towards the pool, dive in. So I'm in the pool. I think I spent a good 45 minutes in the pool, having a great old time, you know, dives in off the side, flipping around like everybody does. And then, uh, come on, let's all get get out, get dressed, get something to eat. Uh, Don't worry, there's no nudity or anything coming up, you know, so don't worry about that. Uh, Got out of the pool. Uh, first thing my wife says to me is, um, oh, just while we're at the, all at the bar, do you want to get a quick picture of us all? Uh, just, you know, because we've been at the pool and here we are. Let's have a drink. Get a picture at the bar. Yes, just one second. Let me get my phone. And I reached down and I realised that my my iPhone, this would have been an iPhone 7 at the oh, time. Oh, no. Was zipped up in my shorts pocket. Oh. And, uh... I just and I just put my hand there and I felt it and I just laughed and I was like my phone's been in my pocket for the last hour while I've been in the pool and I just saw everyone's face drop like what are you kidding no and I just took it out just held the phone up water dripping off oh no uh, completely dead I was like there we go day one on holiday I guess uh, not taking any pictures on this then and I remember one of my friends was just like aren't you absolutely fuming like that your phone's dead and I was like how can I be angry about that it's day one of the holiday it's we've been here barely four hours and i've done that (laughs) all i had to do was laugh about it and and i remember so for the rest and what's funny is i had a really busy job at the time and work were trying to get hold of me and they could not because my phone was dead (laughs) and uh i was in mallorca so um yeah that's uh that's the like the only time I've ever broken a phone, so I'm quite proud of that. But what a um, what, what a what a clown! I don't think clown. I don't what think a... any amount of rice will sort that out. No. I think. <laughs> and I and I considered it, but I was it was submerged in that water for extended yeah. periods of time. You know, oh god, that was dead. And this was like I didn't have any sort of. I don't think I really lost much. There was maybe a few photos from the past couple of months that I had lost, but. Yeah, 
I was in, I I guess I wasn't really embarrassed. Uh, it's definitely the stupidest thing I think I've ever done with my wife, and so I think that's what she'd come up with. Um, but yeah, uh, have well, I, I think that's again? brilliant. I think yeah. that's brilliant. I think that's <laughs> superb. I think you've you've kind of you've self depreciated a little bit there because that yeah. is brilliant. That is, and I it, love that. That's my. It that's has. My favorite. Um, it it has a legacy because I've been on subsequent holidays and it's now the running joke like oh check your pockets and <laughs> you don't want to do what this idiot did and I mean yeah I'm sure I'm not the first person to have ever done that but yeah I just I laughed I laughed my reaction was laughing I could not be mad but I felt like a complete plum obviously uh, but what you're gonna do I it's just that. a phone at the end of the day luckily my I specifically remember this. My contract was up like six weeks later. So thank okay. God it wasn't like month two of having the phone. So it actually wasn't so bad. The contract was up and, you know, I just, I think I used one of the spares we had at home for a while and then just got a new phone later. But yeah. I think <laughs> phone, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Phone destroyed in the swimming pool. And that's the three questions. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I love how you said we'll warm up with this one. You know, you got to warm up, and you just come out with these. I would say that that first one, that third one, probably should have been the warm up. But there we go. Hopefully, I didn't disappoint. Um, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what my wife says after when I ask her. I mean, if she hasn't heard me talking about it. Um, cool, great questions. Obviously, it's going to be my turn next time. Um, we uh, we've got a few more things to cover here today first, but. Um, uh, after uh, after today, you're obviously going away on holiday, so it's probably going to be another couple of weeks before we get round to that. So I'm going to spend some time thinking up some good ones. But I'm oh a, god, apologies for my hesitations there. They were great questions, mate. Honestly, thank you. I'll take that. We're going to move into the sort of latter stages of the episode here. Uh, before we get to Collector's Corner, I mentioned Resident Evil Two, and I think we need to discuss this because we don't do this as a video as a video pod- podcast, but people may see a screenshot from this but right now obviously Skype lets you choose a background and when Lou called me to uh, well when I started the call today for Lou for, for Lou I surprised him with a new background for my camera which I will screenshot later here it is it's my current PB for Resident Evil 2 our speedrun cha- challenge which currently sits at 103.50 um, Lou's joined in the fun and also has his current PB behind him right now one what's that say one oh four what is it one oh four oh six that's right yeah 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 so so as I said in the intro uh, these currently the second best speed runner that I know in real life there's obviously better ones than both of us out there but um, yeah we both got the bug again we've been passing the torch back and forth back and forth how's it going how's how's the runs going for you Lou just before you go on holiday <laughs> can I just set down although you're currently beating me i think it, we've said it a couple of times it's literally passing the baton the moment yeah. isn't it? it's like and the fact that we've been able to my kind of uh average pace when we did this before was 110 yeah and we were going for 110 i'm like oh, i'm never going to beat 110 and mm-hmm. now you know we're we're sub 104 yeah that is crazy yeah that it, honestly it, it... is mad it is crazy. I remember grinding out the 1010. When I got that 109 in December, uh, I think it was December. That's when we stopped doing it before because I was ill just before Christmas. And that's yeah. when I remember getting it. I got the 109 and I was like, I'm never being like that felt like such 
a grind like how did I clinch that yeah. and then uh, what I will say is those runs we were doing them on uh, the old generation mm-hmm. and I do think this jump to the higher frame rate as we know that it comes with certain advantages but still we have shaved a lot of time off of our t- off of our times here we are now so my uh, we've I think we've had sort of four... So this is probably the fifth time of our recent runs, isn't it, of the time being set. So we've been yeah, back and forth, so. back and forth. We've both kind of got the route nailed. We're just kind of dealing with, you know, a few adapting to R and bad RNG and stuff like that. That's where we're gaining some time. But I, 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 my current time is a minute faster than my pre oh, it's over a minute faster than my previous time but it's only 16 seconds faster than your previous time so although i i sort of joke around and say yeah here i am you're the second best speedrunner that i know right now i i fully expect you to beat that time and i'm looking forward to when you do it's going to give me something else to push for <laughs> um but how are you actually finding the runs you know what was your last one like and uh what do you think you're gonna have to contest with going forward to to beat the the <laughs> glorious one o three fifty that you've got to beat? Well, I think the most frustrating thing, and I think you've pointed out previously, is sections that you think this is my strongest section have suddenly become my weakest, mm-hmm. and I think that's let me down. I I look at things that you do on your runs, and I go and you. <sighs> You don't. You're not weak at sections, but I think I'm a little bit faster at that one. Yeah. And for me, the Ada run in Resident Evil Two, I think I'm faster than you. Right. Yeah. So I use that as right. I can get back here on the most recent run. Run that I beat you. My TV switched off. I got bitten three times by three different zombies. <laughs> And my run on the Ada just killed it. And I was like, how does that even happen? Yeah. I've never done that before. And I think now my strengths are slowly becoming my weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, because I'm focusing on other... I think it's because I'm like, right, get this path done. Get this section done. And I, But it, it is so enjoyable. And it's good to see that there is so much time I can still get back. And that's what is the good thing and the frustrating thing. Yeah, I I completely agree. And the time previous to your your current one sitting there behind you is uh so I was doing really well, was really pleased, and then I came up to the section uh, in the sewers with the zombie by the flamethrower and got grabbed three times by this zombie. Who, you know, I've been grabbed by this zombie like maybe once or twice before, but to get grabbed twice was insane. When I got grabbed the third time, I almost switched it off, and I was just like absolutely <laughs> furious because, like you say. You spent, you put all this time into the difficult sections of the game, and then you come up against stuff like that, and like fluke things just happen, and it it it, thro- it costs you time, it costs you a minute. My most recent one, the current PB is um, was great, but there's there was issue, the dogs bit me three times. You know the dogs. It's just I, they, they're you know, the real got, enemy, mate. They are the real yeah, enemy. I've got super tyrant down to, to like it, like he's nothing. I think Steve from first aid spray uh, mentioned when he saw a clip once said it i'm making him look like a drunk in a bar and it's like this <laughs> this is the final boss of the game and he's nothing the dogs are just they're run killers and the g adults as well as i've said oh i've they, seen this i've seen I this already grabbed oh. by the same one three times i was stuck nothing i could do about it and i the only reason i didn't switch it off is because i knew 
that I'd made good time before it and I was like let's just finish finish it I'm on the the last 20 minutes of the run now let's just get it done and then I got to G2 and I missed the missed the claw skip and had to cause damage to his claw through the roof and yeah but I plowed on and that's why I beat you but I only beat you by 16 seconds but through all that shit that was happening <laughs> I know there's like there's like another 2 minutes save in there so well the worst the worst section for me and it has never happened. Uh, there's a section in the sewers. You know this well. You go up on a lift, unlock the door, grab the chest piece, do a quick 180. Quick before that, the zombie gets up off the floor and back down the lift. Yeah. I grabbed the chest. I clicked the button to get the chest piece. It hadn't found kind of, I'm going to call it a hitbox. Yeah. It hadn't found that. So I had to do a, another 180 to get back. The zombie behind me bit me from behind. Yeah. So then by the time I turned around, the zombie in the room had stood up was banging on the door, so yep. I had to wait for him to come through the door. He took Rubbish. about 10 seconds to get through the door, and I'm going, oh, yep. no! <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a game we love we love to hate and hate yeah. to love and all this kind of thing, um, but I'm having a blast, and obviously both of us are aiming. We, if, if one of us can get less than an hour, we're going to be pleased with that, and uh, then we'll probably retire and move on to something else, but loving the runs. Good luck with the next one. Looking forward to when you... When you when you uh, have a little bash at that, do you think you're going to get time before holiday? Or uh, I'm not so sure. I still haven't sorted out the last run, so I want to make sure that that get up first and then before yeah. I doing this. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I was with my wife at the time when I did it, and I was kind of like, she's like, oh, shall I play some music throughout? I'm like, no, leave her alone, leave her alone, <laughs> leave her alone. <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe there's there's a chance, there is a chance, but uh, we always know when each other are going to beat our time because we'll always get a message with. Sorry, or mate. Yeah, mate, dot, dot, dot. And then just the screenshot comes through on the message. Yeah. Um, love it. Uh, what, I'll, I'll, what I'll actually do is in this, um, uh, in the description for this podcast, I'll put links to the YouTube and stuff. So if anybody listening is interested in, in Resident Evil 2 and seeing uh, mine and Lou's speedruns in action, you can have a look at them on YouTube. But um, Right, so we've been going for a little while now. Uh, we want to start wrapping up soon, but first we're going to get to Collector's Corner before we finish it up. Finish up. This is the part of the podcast where Lou and I uh, pick something from our gaming collections, retro collections. We've also spoken about magazines and books and things like that. Um, recent purchases, purchases, good or bad. Um, we just want to highlight something from the collections. What do you have for us this episode, Lou? So I think the first one to point out, and I think a lot of people in the kind of Resident Evil community, so to speak, are kind of really into this. Uh, the Resident Evil 3 board game has been released and delivered. I didn't want to do this last week because I felt it was truly unfair for those who hadn't received them, but it seems like the majority have. Yeah. Uh, it isn't a board game. I disagree. It is a collector's box. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it arrived, and I instantly went, where on earth am I going to put this? Um, <laughs> Steamforge have delivered, literally delivered, and more. They have gone yeah. well and above what I kind of expected. It is e- exceptional. Honestly, yeah. it, it is beyond anything I thought would turn up. I knew what I bought, but the the quality, I, I, I cannot fault uh, Steamforge at all. It's it's something that I'm going to have to find space to put them. But I found myself trying to take the picture and having to go further back, further back, further back, because it's just so much. And I'm It's like six boxes or something, isn't there, of stuff? It's just so much. It yeah. is just so much. And they really blessed us with that, and I'm... 
I'm I'm pretty proud of those guys because I know the work and the effort that has gone into it really definitely yeah it looks fantastic and I'm obviously supremely gutted that I couldn't get involved in the Kickstarter as I've I've said on the discord before when that Kickstarter launched uh, it was like right after the pandemic hit my, my, I hadn't been in my current job very long and I was very nervous about sort of committing 200 quid or whatever it was and yeah so I didn't get involved and then <clears throat> and then I had a weird thing where I was ready to do to to get involved with when they opened the pledges again and then I waited for payday and then went there and it was closed so I missed out unfortunately but I've been seeing everybody get their deliveries it's supremely jealous but very happy for everyone it does look absolutely incredible and obviously I'm going to do my best to get a hand or get my hands on a retail copy um because yeah just even it even if you're not gonna play it much it does look like a fantastic collector's item and yeah you're sort of very lucky to have that kickstarter version um god damn you uh, <laughs> but yeah it's, right. it's something i'm very proud of saying very proud yeah of. so it's got your name on it as well is that right it does yeah if you yeah. um if you bought the certain pack that come with it i forget the, the name is i think it's the s plus rank uh, pack yeah. um, because we're used to S plus rank at the moment and we, we something are. that we're very much used to <laughs> yeah. I think that you've got your name on the, on the side which is something that yeah. I, I'll forever be immortalised on the Resident Evil 3 board game so I'll, I'm taking I love that, that. I've, I've got a few sort of albums and things that I've pledged to and got my name in the booklets and things Super. so I love it when you get that Yeah, uh, mine's a little bit different okay so mine's not actually gaming related uh, it's book related Um I things are opening up life's getting sort of for want of a better phrase back to normal uh went to it's not my first car boot sale of the year it's my first local one so uh my wife and I love a car boot sale what about you Lou so we had this conversation the other day with my wife and then there was a a car boot sale open up near us and I said oh I really want to go to that and I I was met with a lot of rolling eyes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, as far as collecting and finding retro Don't, stuff, honestly, you're preaching you've, the you've got to do, you've got to do it. Yeah. Um, so we actually went to one, uh, I think maybe about two months ago when things first loosened up a little bit, and there was uh, a couple of towns across they did one, and it was fine. But prior to that, we'd love going to a car boot sale. My wife loves doing them as well. She's actually doing one soon. But we went recently, a recent Sunday. And I had a little look round, and I found... I've already posted this online, so people that follow me on Twitter would have seen it. But I got a couple of Simpsons... Uh, I was going to say graphic novels, but they're definitely comics. So we've got this one... Oh, God! I can't show you. There we go. It's almost like there you're mocking go. me for my time there. He was kind of... Yeah, like... yeah. I... <laughs> for those that... Ugh, I just dropped one. Can't see. When I held something up to the camera, it just disappeared and showed the background. There we go. There's my speed run time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got a couple of Simpsons comics. We've got one here, The Simpsons Strike Back. Wow, that's and old school. We've got uh, basically this the big bad book of Bart Simpson. Uh, but the main one I wanted to focus on was this one, which is Simpsons Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan of The Simpsons, Lou? Uh, yes, I would, I would definitely say so. I think a lot of people were fans of The Simpsons kind of in their prime and I've kind of yeah. caught an episode here and there, but I always remember buying the comics. Absolutely, always used to buy the comics. Yeah, and this is... So the reason I bought these... So that big bad book of Bart Simpson, I never actually had that. Uh, the Simpsons Strike Back comic I did have when I was younger, and I also had... So this Simpsons Forever is... So 
it's the second in like a two book series. The mm-hmm. first one is just called The Simpsons Complete Guide to Our Favourite Family. And I had that first one when I was younger. I had that. Uh, yeah. Is it the so white one? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, I had that. So, yeah, it is. You can see just sort of... There we go. If I put it on my T-shirt, just there. I had so, that. So, on this cover, Bart is reading the, the first one. Um, but this is The Simpsons Forever, a complete guide to our favourite family, continued. All new, more characters, episodes, and secret jokes that you might have missed, and then some. Uh, you get more of everything. Couch gags, chalkboards, guest stars, stuff you may have missed... Homerisms, uh, all from most recent episodes of The Simpsons. This was published in 1999, by the way. Wow. Um, uh, plus an all-new salute to The Simpsons musical moments and a special tribute to Troy McClure. No Simpsonsologist education will be complete without this splendorous wealth, uh, well of Springfieldian knowledge. Uh, this is 15.99. It says in the cover. I got this for 50p at That's... the car boot sale, which. You know, you won't get that on eBay. Somebody's probably charging 25 quid for it on eBay. Um, uh, so I'm really, really pleased I got this. Before we go, I just want you to pick a number between 10 and 80. 10 and 80. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, 52. 52. So this is going to be a page number. It's just so I can give you a little sample of this book. Here we go. So each page, you might not be able to see very well, but it has so each episode and then it's got like a breakdown of the episode, uh, joke highlights. Each page has a, a focus on the guest characters. Um, it has scripts, uh, quotes, stuff you may have missed, the chalkboard that Bart was writing in the opening credits. So page 52, episode, what is this? When you dish upon a star. So this is the original air date, was the 11th of the 8th, 1999. Uh, this is episode 5F19 of The Simpsons. So That's my favourite episode. This... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine this, if uh... you'd actually then you've managed to find my favourite episode. Imagine if that had yeah. happened. That would that would have been so, pretty special. So I'll give you a little um a little little taste of what's on the pages here. So we have show highlights, uh, as I've said, chalkboard and all this. So uh Parasailing with his family, Homer accidentally breaks free from their boat and floats away. After his parachute is torn by a branch, Homer crashes through the skylight of a fancy secluded house. Homer is amazed to discover the home is the weekend getaway of Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. They tell Homer that they use Springfield to escape from their celebrity and ask him to keep their presence in the town a secret. Homer offers them his services as an assistant and they accept. And then there's a bit more there about the synopsis. One of the guest characters that it wants to highlight is Judge Snyder. And then it's got little attributes for the characters here. So demeanour is stern and no-nonsense. He's known for his loud gavel-smacking. One reason why he hates Lionel Hutz. Hutz repeatedly ran over the judge's son. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unexpected behaviour. Occasionally legally transferring the identity of one Springfielder to another, participating in the Simpsons Family Smile Time Variety Hour. (laughs) Superb. the uh, chalkboard for this episode is quite a good one. But dot but is not my email address. But dot but is not my email address. <laughs> so invite everyone to, to go onto Google now and actually type that to see if it is an actual email address. Thank you. Oh, God. Yeah, it must be. Um, yeah, and it's just cool, you know, because this is... Um, uh, I've got tons of books of TV shows and movies and stuff like that. But like I say, I had the first one of these when I was a kid found this one that I've never had um, and 
you know, I, when it comes to The Simpsons, I'm certainly I've watched it much less in more recent years, like a lot of people. But you know, seasons sort of one to ten in particular. Um, some of the newer stuff I actually do really enjoy, but uh, back in its prime, you know, I'm right up there. Love the classics, and this is a good way to bring back memories of you know what is basically one of the best comedy TV shows ever made, Absolutely. without a doubt. Um, and sometimes people do kind of shit on The Simpsons a little bit and think, oh, well, it's not funny anymore. It's like, yeah, but at a time, it was the funniest thing ever made, Absolutely. and uh, it never loses its. Charm, it was way so. ahead of its time as well. It, it completely was and you know some great writers were involved with it and yeah that was uh that was my find so those two comics they were 50p each as well and then this one for 50p so that's one pound 50 and i've come away with those three fantastic simpsons things for my collection um so what i'm saying is get yourself to a car boot sale as soon as you can really i'll, I'll take that message i'll take that message <laughs> absolutely okay right we've gone on for an hour and a half ish now so uh, anything you want to say Lou before we wrap up today sorry if I'm repeating myself again but thank you for the really great feedback that we've had um, it, it, it's, it's actually been a bit of, a little bit overwhelming from a couple of people yeah. as well um, so yeah just kind of keep listening and stuff and yeah it's been really good and thank you to you as well for challenging me on the speed run I think that I never honestly I know it sounds over the top I never would have thought I would get anywhere near the times that I'm achieving which uh, it's the competitiveness. It's so it's so toxic. <laughs> <laughs> it is toxic. I absolutely love it. Yeah, you're going to beat my my time. I'm not even. Like, I'm bragging about it while I can because I know you're going to beat it, and then I'm probably going to beat yours after that. And it's just going to be a case of one of us getting there before the other. So I look forward to us carrying on. Um, I'll just echo what you said. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us just ramble about some nonsense. But. Um, long may it continue my turn for questions next time um i'm gonna get thinking but enjoy your holiday uh, thank you where are you going again uh we are going to scotland uh, it's about an hour away from glasgow so fantastic well have a good time mate and uh we'll uh, we'll check back in upon your return have a good one